Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story that involves getting a kid's ball back. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, she must go on leave and I won't hear any excuses. So this happened a few years ago. I was a union delegate at a large firm. We had a manager called Karen. I've written about her before on the subreddit who was appointed to her role by a director of the company. Let's call the director her uncle. Karen wasn't very clever. She hadn't finished high school and previously worked as a receptionist. She once told me 40 was half of 100. Karen is struggling in her job and basically does nothing. Her desk is a mess of paperwork. She also looks after all the small departments like records, security stores, etc. If anyone takes on Karen, the director steps in and Karen gets a get-out-of-jail card. There were a few occasions when Karen got yelled at by a manager for making costly mistakes and Karen was put on stress leave and manager got a warning. One of the paralegals, Sally from Records, comes to say to me she thinks she's in trouble. Sally recently had six weeks leave. She was forced on leave due to having too much annual leave. Once you have more than six weeks, you're forced to go on leave until you have no more than two weeks. Sally tells me that HR and Karen enforced her on leave and she submitted a paper leave form the same day Karen was put on stress leave. Sally went on leave, came back the same day as Karen. Sally's leave wasn't docked. She just got paid as per regular. While Karen was away, they replaced her with Paula, who found Karen hadn't really had any work for seven months. I found Paula and asked casually about what happened. She told me on day one, she threw all the paperwork out and started over again. So I attended a meeting with Sally, Karen, and HR, knowing there isn't a record of Sally's leave. Karen starts the meeting on a verbal rampage about not doing as she told Sally to do. Sally needs to go on leave now or else and she doesn't want to hear excuses. I interject at this point and point out to HR that Karen's behavior is unacceptable, but we agree, cue malicious compliance, as Sally has over 8 weeks now, she will go on leave effective tomorrow. Sally submits a leave form to Karen, and we leave the meeting. Sally's leave is reduced on her payslip this time. No one questioned a thing? This sounds awesome. If I was in Sally's position, I'd be like, well, it sucks you have to put up with Karen, but all this extra free time because of such bad negligence? Deal. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, boss wants me to cut internet to employees, I comply. When I was at the university, a friend landed a part-time job doing networking for a really small company and asked me if I wanted in because he also had other customers and was worried he wouldn't be able to handle them all. It was easy money, 12 hours per month to basically maintain the network infrastructure, upgrade firmware on routers, check logs, run antivirus software, and install some crap on computers. So I said yes. The company used to fix and sell printers and printer-related stuff. It was run by two ladies that were friends. Let's call them May and June, but the CEO in functions was May's husband. Let's call him CEO Peter, who was also June's husband's best friend. The rest of the company were accountant Peter that shared the name with the CEO, some technicians that were never there, 
and two hardworking sales representatives. Basically, the accountant, technicians, and sales reps were the only ones doing work there. Even though May and June were also technically sales reps, they hardly ever made a call. May spent all day browsing the internet for things to buy. Her thing was shoes. June spent all day chatting with another guy, not her husband, who also shared the same name with the CEO, let's call him Third Peter, and CEO Peter spent all day watching adult entertainment, yes, at work. May appeared to have no problems with CEO Peter's habits. I spent most of the time there trying to clean CEO Peter's computer from the myriad of viruses that he would install browsing sketchy sites, and even when I complained a lot about it to him, he said that he didn't know why there were so many viruses and kept doing it every single day. The place was full of drama, and after a while, me and my friend would pretend to have work to do there and spend time there just for the lols. One day, May approaches me furious, saying that she caught one of the sales reps browsing the internet instead of doing calls. She wanted to disable the internet for the reps. I checked the logs. The rep browsed the specs of one of the machines she was selling, a newer model she wasn't familiar with. So, cue malicious compliance. I disabled internet for the whole company. About two minutes later, May, June, and CEO Peter came running to the server room, shouting about what the heck was happening to their internet. Accountant and sales rep pretty much never realized something changed, because they were hard at work. I told them that May made me do it. She said, but just to the reps. And I told them some bull that I couldn't block a specific IP because they were assigned dynamically, so they were about to change and blah blah blah. CEO Peter was red as a tomato. He demanded to reinstate internet for everyone. I looked at June. She nodded. I looked at May and she said, Are you sure you can't just for them? I said no. She exhaled. Okay then, internet is back up. PS1. Company dissolved when June sent an email meant for third Peter to accountant Peter while he was looking at a thing with CEO Peter who saw the email. That day I think we spent like 4 hours in the company, the only thing lacking was popcorn. PS2, CEO Peter made hilarious attempts to hide his entertainment usage. Once he had a CD named something like, Big Chested Gals and told me it was a kids movie. PS3, June had a post-it note with her password at one side of the screen. This is like a nightmare company. All of that going on and June couldn't even do the simple easy thing which is put their sticky note face up on the underside of the desk. I mean if you're gonna keep that sticky note around at least try to put it somewhere at least marginally stealthy. Our next story is loss prevention wants us to put in service calls. I work for a printing company and as I tell a lot of people much of my job is literally malicious compliance. People wanting things printed despite how they look, spelling and design errors, and just being plain ugly. This is another story that's come up these past two weeks. A while ago, one of the other locations absolutely destroyed one of their printers. Toner everywhere, the finisher unit was a hunk of plastic and metal. I genuinely don't know what they did to the machine, but it was FUBAR based on the photo, especially since the toner cartridge is not in the finisher unit. An investigation took place and it was discovered that rather than calling in printer technicians to repair the machines, some of the company employees were repairing them instead. A company-wide message went out essentially telling everyone not to repair or perform maintenance on the machine ourselves. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Genuinely common sense things that had to be put on paper because someone did something stupid. We were always supposed to put in service calls to the techs to come take care of the machines or we'll be brought to HR. Three months later, last week, two guys from loss prevention, who will be Tweedledum and Tweedledumber, came in to do a regular check-in. Everything was going great until I needed to change the paper in one of the printers. Tweedledum approached me and basically began raking me over the coals, saying that only technicians can open the machines. Of course, I'm dumbfounded, because all I'm doing is changing the paper, but just shrug and say, sorry, won't happen again. Well, the next day, I was brought into a meeting with HR over a video call, basically wagging their finger at me. My boss D took the fall for me and said he was the one to tell me to change the paper. So I got off scot-free and D only got a slap on the wrist, thankfully so, as this would have been my second write-up in two months. The first was a stupid but legitimate mistake on my part. However, as a result of this, the whole facility went into malicious compliance mode after that meeting. Need to change out the paper trays? Service call. Paper jam? Better put in a service call. Need to change the toner? That's a service call. Our output of jobs last week was absolutely in the toilet. Machines were down for nearly 90% of the shifts. The techs were having a field day, however, as they got paid per call they took. While our backlog is through the roof, we were able to make our point eventually. I'm not sure exactly what had been happening in the background, but today I received a handwritten apology from Tweedledum and Tweedledumber with a $50 Visa gift card, saying they didn't understand what our job required when they reprimanded me and referred me to HR. 
We're back at full capacity now and have a huge backlog to catch up on. I'm hoping in addition to this gift card, I can also get in some approved overtime for some extra spending money on an upcoming trip I've planned. The company I work for may be dim at times, but at least they often admit when they make a mistake. Update 1. So I learned a bit more about the situation. The loss prevention people that were involved were the ones directly dealing with the loss of the destroyed printer, and there turned out to be a misunderstanding about everything. My other co-workers in the copy center have gotten into the habit of putting excess paper in the opposite side the paper tray of storage. The tray can hold up to 12 by 18 paper, so when there's 8.5 by 11 in there, they use the extra space for storage. The text in D told them not to do that, as that can damage the machine. Whenever I see the excess paper, I take it out. That's what Lost Protection saw, and why they reprimanded me in the first place. They assumed since I was working with the machines, I was the one who put that extra paper in. I learned that when the company assigned Karen was written up, and made it rather vocal today. The problem with working with a good company like this is that it takes way too long to get rid of problem employees. Not only does it probably take way too long to get rid of problem employees, but considering it's a good company to work for, the problem employees probably try to do whatever they can to entrench themselves and not get out of there. This next story is, so you want your ball back. At the beginning of the COVID lockdown, the company that I work for put out notice to all clients that we would not be doing occupied repairs unless it was an emergency. Less than a week into the lockdown, one of our clients decides that our notice does not apply to them calls for us to do an occupied repair for a hole in the wall with a side note to retrieve the baseball inside. The following morning, I checked in the leasing office and tried to tell a little info as to where the hole was and any info as to what I'm about to walk into. I was told that they wanted the ball back because it was autographed and very valuable. Their kid was playing with it in the apartment. I was also informed to try and keep it to a minimum because the resident was paying for the repair. Wish they had told me how much of a witch resident was going to be. I go to the apartment, introduce myself to the resident, and am greeted with, what, they couldn't find a Mexican to fix my wall? They sent the white slur to make home look crap. I tried to ensure her that I could fix the wall, but she just slammed the door in my face. I returned to the leasing office and explained to the assistant maintenance supervisor what just happened and just said, here we go again, let's go, I'll talk to her. We both go back and the assistant maintenance supervisor tells her that I'm more than capable of fixing the wall and he personally requested me to do the job. She lets us in with a look of disapproval. I start the job by spreading out a drop in plastic and cutting out the already baseball sized hole bigger so I can see and feel around for the ball when I determine that the wall is a staggered wall and I won't be able to find it. For those who don't know, a staggered wall is two walls built within an inch of space between them, used for muffling noises and oftentimes used to hide plumbing. I told AMS that she really wants that ball. I'm going to need to open the wall even more. He goes to talk to the resident and all I hear is her yelling, I don't give a darn if he's got to open the entire wall, I want that freaking ball. AMS comes back and motioned to me to take a step outside while he made a phone call. A minute later, my boss calls me telling me, when I get the okay, do whatever I need to find the ball and keep track of my time. At that point, I realized I'm going to open up a wall just to find a ball. The property manager shows up with a paper in his hand and has the resident sign it, turns to me and said, go for it. 
I began taking out the lower half, pulling the insulation, looking high and low. About an hour and a half later, we found it in the insulation wedged between the plumbing and a stud of the neighboring wall. The AMS lets the resident know we found it. She goes to collect the baseball and freaks out. The AMS reminds her that she didn't give a darn if I had to open the entire wall. Needless to say, I closed up the wall, not leaving any sign of it ever being opened. The paper the property manager had her sign was to ensure the resident would cover all costs. So what should have been $200 in the job turned into a $1,000 plus job, and the autographed baseball turned out to be worthless. The autograph was from college players who didn't go pro. Hopefully she learned something from this. This lady sounds a little out of her depth. She's one of those clients you just immediately try to get the work done for as soon as possible and then switch your brain off and try to never think about them again. This next story is, bring it to your supervisor. Okay. I'm a female and work in an office. There are several men there. For the most part, they work with us side by side with no problem. This one guy has been slowly harassing me, for what reason I'm not sure of. I didn't do anything which I know of. I'm courteous to all. I even used to joke with him. But his joke started to draw the line. He was harassing me on a daily basis. Basically, I have to disengage myself from him and stop joking around, which I've begun to believe why he started getting more aggressive with me. Last week, I vowed to myself that I would approach him if he continued to be aggressive with me. He isn't like that with anyone else. Lo and behold, he acted out again. I took a couple of minutes to cool down and I approached him. Right away, he blew up at me and said, bring it to your supervisor. He wouldn't even listen to what I was saying. Here's the malicious compliance. I didn't just bring it to our supervisor, I did one better. I went to the head supervisor. I told the head supervisor all the things he was doing to me. They just looked at me and said, don't worry, I'll take care of it from here. I did see he was pulled into a meeting. Through the door I could hear a raised voice. It sounded like him. But after that meeting, he's finally behaving as he should. Maybe he shouldn't have asked me to talk to the supervisor. OP absolutely did the right thing. It's not fair to women to be mistreated just because they're women and no other reason. I'm glad that the head supervisor took things the way they should have and held these people accountable. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.